to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. Thanks so much for listening and making a commitment to learning. We hope you are doing well. I'm your host. I am Jordan Porter, joined by the fabulous Yvonne Brandenburg. Hey, girl. What up? Oh, no. You know, just cat stuff. Cat stuff. Cat stuff. Speaking, speaking of, like, just animal stuff, there's, like, a low-grade buzzing on my end because of the incubator behind me. <laughs> Oh, I can't hear it. You're good. You're good. Oh, really? Because yeah. I, I can hear it. It's just like a constant fan. So I have six chickens on my desk, but I can't move them because I don't want to hurt them. Oh my God. They're so cute. <laughs> they're so fluffy. I know they were born yesterday, right? Yeah. Oh my God. So cute. They're so cute. cute. I know. Do I need more chickens? No. <laughs> Did I want to see if I could hatch eggs? Yes. Oh my God. So you're going to have... <laughs> A bunch more where are you going to keep them all or do you think like you know people who want some uh I think I know some people who probably want some and I think in the future I'll probably just sell some like to people who want backyard chickens and don't really care about the breed um because mm. obviously they're going to be like mixed breed chickens because my rooster is a Rhode Island red and um the rest I have two females that are Rhode Island reds but the other two are not mm. I don't even remember what they are <laughs> like I don't <laughs> So they're black <laughs> yeah I don't know I can't I, I I know like five breeds of chickens and that was enough to get me to pass the vt and <laughs> I think total like in my backyard there's got to be let's see we have the red ones black ones Andy then we have the easter eggers the white ones have the Buck Orringtons. We have these cool ones that look like um, Buckbeak from Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> we have Wine Dots, and we have these other black and white ones. So there's like at least eight different breeds of chickens in my backyard. Oh wow! Eight or nine. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, mixing it up a bit. I like a little variety. <laughs> right? Why not? <laughs> Next, yeah. like they'll all like interbreed and it'll be the um, Jordan Porter breed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and they'll lay like rainbow eggs because the whole reason why I got like a variety of chickens is because I wanted different color eggs. <laughs> like, so I wanted green eggs, brown eggs. Brown so eggs. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I got them. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, but yeah, you have cat drama. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. So it's yeah, it's kitten season and there's like, so I just, there's a couple of strays like from the neighborhood that I just kind of take care of. Um, there's, there's one older one. I don't know if I've talked about Willie before, but like he can't see anymore. Um, he went like kind of acutely blind I don't know, a couple of months ago now. And he's actually adjusted really well. It's kind of nice. Um, he doesn't let me touch him, but like, you know, I make sure he's safe and, you know, doesn't get hit by a car or eaten by anything. So he's back here and, and like, I put out some food and, um, there's three girls that have come into the yard that 
you know, I don't mind. I'm like, whatever, you guys, it's, it's really just the four of them that are like consistently here. Mm-hmm. Um, one is one of my cat's mom from, uh, from last year. Another is his sister that I couldn't catch last year. Cause she was too skittish. And then there's another one that I'm thinking is somehow related, but I have no idea how <laughs> I'm like, it's a sister, it's an aunt, it's a something. Cause they all look very similar. Um, and why would they not be from the same litters? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, right. I'm like, oh, I don't know. And, um, so this week I was like, I, well, a month or two ago, I noticed, I was like, ugh, babies, <laughs> I was like, you guys are pregnant. And then they weren't. And I was like, great. So this week I was like, okay, you know, they, whatever it is, however many kittens there are, some of them should be old enough to not be so dependent on mom. So I took one in this week to get spayed. Um, and she's, she's the one that we're probably going to keep. That's the, the, the litter mate to the one we already have. And she's actually, she lets me pick her up now. I like gave her gabapentin, like before I took her in, she let me like, just pill her like no problem. Um, she's like super, super affectionate now that she doesn't think I'm going to eat her. Yeah. <laughs> so I like took her in and then I was like, Oh my God, it was like one of the hottest days, unfortunately. So I was like trying to figure out where these kittens were. They're in my neighbor's backyard, like under their shed, which is great. Cause it's not like I can scoop them out of there. Um, so I like got them to eat that day that she was getting spayed. So I was like, okay, you guys aren't going to die today. Um, and like the next day I like took her over there so she could kind of like feed babies and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm trying to catch these little boogers in there so quick, <laughs> like they'll kind of come up to me. But as soon as I move, like they're, and they go right back under. So it's a work in progress. Um, but yeah, I got to figure out how to trap them at some point slash pick them up yeah, so right. that I can get them off the streets. Um, but they're super stinking cute. There's two little gray ones and then there's a little orange one, which is hilarious. Cause mom's like cream colored. So yeah. <laughs> Who knows, who knows, who knows who the daddy is? <laughs> Cause I don't yeah, see any boys in, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't see any boys back here and Willie's neutered, like his ears tipped and there's another cat that occasionally comes back here, his ears tipped. So I don't know. I don't know who the baby daddy is. Whoever that baby daddy is, he needs to get neutered quick though. Cause I'm pretty yeah, sure right. all three of the girls either had babies or going to have babies I don't know yeah that's a that's a lot of kittens yeah I mean unfortunately like where I live there's just a ton of outdoor cats like yeah and people don't really take care of them and so Mm -hmm. it's just like because I'm like downtown and it you know people just let them out and then cats are cats yeah Yay, yay cats so, but I'm trying to be responsible and it's hard because right now, like with COVID, a lot of like the feral rescue places kind of shut mm-hmm. down for a while. So they're just starting to kind of work again because a lot of it's like volunteers and stuff. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to find, um, some sort of feral cat situation <laughs> 
that I can work with to try to get some of these other cats that I don't want to spend, you know, $500 each to mm-hmm. FVLV, FIV test them and get them spayed or neutered because, you know, yeah. I was like, the one I'm keeping, I'll do all that. I did like lab work and tested that, like, made sure she was FIV, FVLV negative, gave her vaccines, microchipped her and everything. I'm like, you're probably coming in my house. So we'll do the works. <laughs> yeah. But, that is not happening with everyone because there's no way because because i'm a technician and i'm not made of money no yeah so that's the cat drama well that's the young cat drama my old cat oh dude i don't know i'm a little worried we're kind of like quality of life questions now you know yeah i get that that sucks yeah i mean we it sucks but he's 19 and a half i mean i can't you know we're doing we're doing palliative hospice care with him so i don't know but he's tolerating his acupuncture like the acupuncture i think actually is helping him with walking and stuff so yeah i just gotta i think I honestly, I think now it's like kidney stuff. Cause he just lays on his little heating bed and fries himself. Yeah. <laughs> so ugh. yay. Being responsible animal owners. Right. <laughs> Everybody's got their story. Yeah. Ugh. So, you know, and then ACVIM is coming up. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. That's in two weeks. Yeah, I'm so freaking excited, dude. I can't even stand it. I can't stand it. <laughs> you haven't been to a conference in a couple of years. No, the last conference I went to was ACVM in 2019. So it's three years ago, girl. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's when I saw you and we met for, in I person for the first up, time. It popped up on my um, my Facebook like time thing. Oh, or did it? Yeah, three years ago today, I just like finished the test and like, was out with all the girls that I tested with. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I totally forgot you guys have that that really good group that all studied together. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. I know we've got some listeners that are testing this year, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. So um I already said it in like an email, but honestly, if you're testing this year or any year and we're at, at ACVAM, Please let us know because we will 100% buy you a drink, whether you want alcoholic or non-alcoholic, totally up to you, but you deserve a drink after sitting for your boards. <laughs> so, <Yeah, baby. laughs> and then we have so many things happening that week. And definitely so, if you see us, please talk to us. We're going to have stuff to give away. Like jelly bracelets and stickers stuff so anyways i'm very excited (laughs) it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun week for sure yeah yeah it's gonna be it well and it's just everybody there obviously it's the internal medicine conference so everybody likes internal medicine (laughs) yeah exactly yeah well well um we're planning to talk to some people and then we'll have some episodes that are ACVM, but ACVIM 
forum based. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. But this week we're talking about uh, discoid lupus erythematosus, which is different than systemic lupus. Oh. Yeah. Um, we haven't we haven't talked about systemic lupus yet, right? So that could be its own thing because it's different enough. It's different enough. Mm-hmm. Yes, similar enough. Yeah, it okay. could definitely be. Right. Um, I personally really liked finding the information on this. I learned some really cool stuff uh, just because of my autoimmune issues in this. Awesome. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, look at that. <laughs> What's going on? Um, so what is discoid lupus or erythematosus or DLE is probably what I'll refer to it as or just <laughs> But like, I think like when most people think of just lupus, they think of more systemic lupus versus discoid yeah. lupus. Um, so we're going to be talking about discoid lupus. Um, but it's an immune mediated disease. And what it does is it stems obviously from your own immune system, but it's attacking your own DNA, which is crazy. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I know. So. Oh, crazy. Like, this is what's going on in my body. <laughs> like, so um, if it's attacking your DNA, it's, I'm, I'm guessing it's like one of the like proteins in the helix. Is that, is that kind of the idea? So we'll, we'll talk about it. So, okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I tried to get the information to break it down as to like what's happening. Okay, um, so it's <laughs> like under, in a normal body, your DNA is within the cell nucleus where the antibodies of the immune system can't reach it. Right. So like okay. that's yep. normal. Um, but when lupus is kind of taking effect, uh, it doesn't go around attacking every cell in the body to get to the DNA. What it does is it sees DNA after the cells have died and like, oh. parts are floating around as debris. Oh, interesting. Okay. That makes that totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So basically the immune system will react to the DNA that's just floating around willy nilly, and then it'll generate antibodies for those DNA segments. Um, So like in theory, if you have like more cell death for whatever reason, you're going to have a flare up. Exactly. Whoa. Okay. All right. Yeah. So these antibodies, what they do is this kind of gets a little complicated and I'm going to try to like, uh, <laughs> again, refer to Merck and Vin for some of this information. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so DNA complexes are usually within like very delicate membranes within the body or within the cells. Um, so typically like within our kidney uh, filtration membranes, blood vessel linings, uh, similar structures, joint capsules, um, so things like that. That's why when we see lupus specifically, mm. like even systemic lupus, like systemic lupus will affect the kidneys and stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah. But. And joints. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which okay. yeah. is what my lupus does to me is it affects my joints. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> um, once, once these uh, cells are like attracted, then usually that's when the damage occurs is because there's just inflammation occurring when these cells in these antibodies are attacking these DNA segments within these parts of the body. So the complexes, Uh, once they get there, 
they just, I mean, it makes sense. Like they just attack it because they're, it's a foreign invader. Exactly. Because they're not, like I said, they're not going to attack every DNA segment within your body. Like they're not going to like destroy cells to get to it. It's the cells that are dying. Um, And with systemic lupus, which we can talk about in another episode, but with systemic lupus, usually that type of inflammation will end up turning into like a type three hypersensitivity reaction, um, which is pretty extensive. Like it's pretty like, yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, And obviously the prognosis of that is, uh, depends on what organ it's affected. So again, like with my lupus, like it mainly sticks with my, my joints, but like it could affect my kidneys. It could Mm. affect my brain. Like it could affect my skin. Um, depending on like what type of like inflammatory disruption I'm having. Right. That's crazy. But discoid lupus is confined to the skin and tends to be more benign just because of its confinement to the skin. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wish like, so the downside to being on a podcast is like, I want to share pictures. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, that's when we create a course in the Ben Rochelle Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> then you can yeah. share all your pictures and videos. <laughs> yeah. So with discoid lupus, um, the immune system is attacking uh, the layers of cells within the skin, and then it'll cause the surface of the skin to slough, which oh, wow. sounds okay. really bad. But like, when I say slough, like, I don't mean like when we think of like a, sl- like a nasty necrotic sloughing, like this is going to be like that flaking you see. Mm. Um, I'm going to talk about where it's mostly presented, but it's mostly on the nose. Um, and so you get that like flaky skin that just kind of peels off like a sunburn. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. And then, um, I found some really cool information, which made me like, (laughs) I told my husband, I was like, I'm so excited. I learned this. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to have a disease. Like it's pretty cool. So the, the term lupus actually stems from archaic times when, uh, people thought that the disease was caused by the bite of a wolf oh so you're a werewolf yeah exactly nice yeah but so here's because the wolves had like scabies or something and they're like oh they're sloughing and i'm sloughing so i must be a werewolf now yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, like specifically what symptoms were like. Ooh, that must be from a wolf bite. Like, I, I guess it would be from like the patches of skin, like being like. How how many people were getting bit by wolves and then just like got lupus? Like, what? I don't know, but it's pretty cool. So here's my dilemma: is like my dad <laughs> does uh like our like ancestry stuff and like. Mm. We- found out that like we have ties to the Frankenstein family so like would that be like a double negative for me like I can't be a werewolf <laughs> in Frankenstein huh or could yeah, it be I don't a know that, I mean that that like that could be a whole thing like you could be there you go you can write a short story about <laughs> being a Frankenwolf <laughs> yeah I'm gonna make a, a fictional book about me being a Frankenwolf there you go everybody's (laughs) like nope (laughs) yeah exactly i know so (laughs) discoid lupus or dle um it's mostly a canine disease can be seen in kitties but it's really rare uh so mostly a canine disease Um, and it's typically always limited to that uh the nasal planum of the pet uh of the dog i guess 
Um, like I said, it can occur in cats. It's just very rare. And then uh, it is the most common type of like cutaneous lupus in dogs. Okay. Which I guess I didn't investigate this further because I was like, wait, there's more types of cutaneous or lupus? So I don't know. I got to look into that, I guess. Huh. Uh, but yeah, so these lesions are always limited to the nose um, and they what they can do is they can extend up to the bridge of the nose. And then even if severe enough, like depending on the mm. amount of inflammation within the body, it can actually extend up to the ears or the inside of the mouth. Oh, wow. uh, okay. So early signs of this tend to be like loss of pigment within that, like the nose. So the black part of the nose will become like a bluish gray or even a pink. Uh, and then of course scaling and cracking, like we talked about, and then eventually the nose will ulcerate if it gets severe enough, just because again, if that, so what happens, right. It's like a vicious cycle. It's like a, yeah. it's like a, almost like a feedback loop. Like the inflammation starts and then we start seeing symptoms, but we're not treating the inflammation. And so those cells are still dying. So then the body's like, Ooh, more DNA to munch on. It's like a hungry, hungry hippos thing. Like, it's just like <laughs> sweet. And then like those cells continue to die and like, we just, we have to get that inflammation under control. Um, well, it's crazy because like the whole like pigment thing, like, so for me, I always associate the pink with like, um, aspergillus. Mm -hmm. So I guess it, you know, but, but it makes sense because aspergillus, we usually think of as like, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like the bottom part like where the mm -hmm. snot runs down sorry yeah. guys versus like discoid lupus it's like pink but it can be like all over the nose yeah exactly. instead of just like at the corners where you would think this happens yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah and it's actually there's thoughts that like exposure to sunlight um can make the condition worse and uh mm, that makes sense yeah. I've been told to stay out of the sun. I was like, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, or just wear sunscreen, right? Cause the sure. sun, as long as you're not causing inflammation and damage, which makes sense. Like, especially yeah. if you've got like a really light colored animal, I can mm -hmm. imagine that would be an issue. Yeah. Like if Finn were to get discoid lupus, oh, like he, he's already got like a pinkish brown nose, doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah, his, his nose is already pink and like oh, he's no. just so white and like <laughs> he gets sunburned frequently because he loves to be outside and like yeah yeah um there is a genetic predisposition amongst collie breeds and i guess there was like i've never heard of the term collie nose with this condition but apparently oh. there is huh. um it's so funny because as you were like talking about it i pictured a collie mix at my work yeah that had it and i was like Oh yeah, I guess he was a collie mix. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Like how, like, it's, if you can just like put a patient with it and then like all the information just falls into place and makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so cool when that happens. I know. I know. It's like, as much as like, nobody needs to know my personal business about me having lupus, like learning about it is so like interesting because it's like weird things are happening within my body that like. Well, and I think, I mean, just like any of us, right? Like the, the way that we remember or, or relate to things is, is it either happens to our, us personally, or you remember an animal that maybe was a patient and that you had to deal with. So it's fine, Jordan. We appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I want to know what triggers the inflammation in my joints for me to have flare ups. 
actually, never mind. I know the answer to that. <laughs> like, I know exactly what it is. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just in denial. That's all right. <laughs> uh, so our differential diagnosis list is going to be um, kind of a variety of things. And then we'll throw on there, like Yvonne said, uh, um, fungus. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but ringworm can be seen on the nose, uh, nasal pyoderma, which is usually like a staph infection. Mm. Pemphigus, of course, go back and listen to, was that last <laughs> week's episode? Last week or the week before, I can't remember. It's all blending so, together, guys. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, Hyperkeratosis, uh, nasal lymphoma. Oh, yeah. And then there's other immune mediated diseases that also can kind of trigger nasal issues. Yeah. Um, so our diagnostic tests that we're going to be running is going to be our basics. So we're going to obviously run comprehensive chem, CBC. You know, it, it's funny when we started this two years ago, we were so excited to talk about the basics, chemistry, electrolytes, CBC. Now it's just, we should just call it the I am basics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am basic lab there, Like just in case if there's like weird in the urine or something like that right. <laughs> uh, which is like, funny because like, i worked in i am long enough i should have realized it's just the i am basics like everybody it's just gets the it. I am basics. like the <laughs> basics is a cbc cam <laughs> like the i am know, basics is like full c full chemistry cbc, CBC electrolytes urinalysis oh yeah T4. cbc with a differential a t4 yeah. And if you got any GI stuff, then it's the GI panel. Like those are yeah. also IM basics. Yeah. And then you've got your IM basics of diagnostics, which is abdominal ultrasound and three view chest rounds. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. This is like, just, it's just our thing. I yeah. am basics. <laughs> so for this, what might be done would be like a skin scrape just to look at the cells, a fungal yeah. culture again, looking for ringworm or, uh, other funguses fungi well and you also want bacterial culture too because exactly because you can have like secondary infections too right so don't always just say oh it's it's one of these autoimmune diseases doesn't necessarily mean that that isn't predisposing them to infection too so yeah yay autoimmune issues (laughs) right i know Um, and then of course the, the diagnostic tool of choice is going to be a biopsy. We want to get a good punch biopsy of this area to get a a true diagnosis of what's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. which is a bummer. Like the nose isn't a great place to biopsy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you don't have to do a huge punch biopsy. It can be a little one. Um, Yeah. But yeah. It's still like a bad place. Like it's just, I know I feel bad. Um, Treatment usually involves a lot of, you know, mm. I am stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yay, I am um, stuff. <laughs> avoiding strong sunlight is definitely going to be on the list of ways to treat this, or I guess prevent it is better. Yeah. Um, especially because the condition can be made worse by the sun. Uh, there are sunscreens that have been reported for use in pets, but obviously there's some toxic ingredients in many of the human sunscreens. Um, 
So, but pet sunscreens are definitely expected to be licked off as well. So it's just one thing yeah. to keep in mind. Um, Too bad they don't have like, you know, the out fox like nets <laughs> for foxtails and other things. No. They can make like a little dog hat for their nose. I know it needs to be like a wide brim hat though. Like, you <laughs> like the old lady, old, old lady yeah. wide brim hats. <laughs> yeah. Like it would have to be because it's like, it tends oh. to be like collies and stuff. So they have like such long noses. Like yeah. if it were Finn, I could put a regular hat on him. <laughs> right. That's so true. That's such a short face. Yeah. But all the other dogs need like sombreros. Or you could just like get them like this backpack umbrella thing. So it like just covers all of them with, with a, with a sun protector. Yeah. Or just keep your dog inside, I guess. Out to potty and back in. Oh yeah. (laughs) Covered area to play in. (laughs) Yeah. My dogs would be miserable. They're like, I I walked out back earlier today and they're all like sunbathing on the trampoline. I was like, okay. Oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah, my dog totally sunbathed here. She's like, it's warm. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then once it gets like too hot, they'll all go under the deck and like mm-hmm. uh, cool off. Yeah. Yeah. So other treatment options, um, we can utilize topical corticosteroids. Uh, and then of course, because they have like an immune suppressive effect that can help uh, DLE. Um, and then also too, because it's more topical, we get less of the systemic side effects. Uh, which is great. So it's typically used twice a day and then usually drop down to like an as needed basis after the nose is healed. Um, tetracycline and ni- niacinamide. We talked about this, I think with the pemphigus, didn't we? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So obviously tetracycline is an antibiotic um, and then niacinamide is like a B vitamin and uh, it is related to niacin, which is vitamin B3. And the combination of the two drugs have found to be really effective in dogs with DLE up to 70% effective actually, which is pretty interesting. Um, But it can take up to two months to see an effect um, to like start Mm. seeing improvement. So I think that's where like pet parents will get like a little frustrated. They're like, it's been, you know, six weeks. I'm like, wait, eight weeks. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think that's the hard part with any autoimmune disease, right? For client communication, it's just yeah. making sure that they understand this isn't an overnight fix. Like, yeah. just not happening. Well, this treatment is a little difficult too because it needs to be done three times a day, which like is pretty inconvenient for most Oof. people. That's Doxycycline hard. can be used instead of tetracycline because it's twice a day. Um, so a lot of times it'll a lot of vets will switch to doxy instead of tetra. Yeah, and then of course we have our oral steroids like prednisone or prednisolone. Um, and that's usually to get the condition under control, like pretty quickly. So under a month when we're seeing those really severe signs and that nose is just ulcerated and bleeding and painful. Um, so you definitely want to get that to heal much quicker. And then of course, just like almost every other IM case, you're going to reduce the dose of the pred or the prednisolone to, uh, the lowest effective dose. And then, yeah. uh, of course, remind our pet parents what the possible systemic side effects are of that. (laughs) Ooh, especially at at immune suppressive doses. Yeah. Like, because you can start seeing those systemic side effects pretty rapidly compared to like the actual correction of the problem. (laughs) Right. Oh, so true. So, well, and, and the nice thing about the using steroids is hopefully you're knocking it back 
quickly. Mm -hmm. It's like a hammer, right? And then you're giving the secondary immune suppressives, whatever you're using, whether it's tetracycline or some of the other ones we're going to talk about, it gives it that enough time to like build up in the system and really start taking effects. And then the idea is once those start working, we hopefully can stop the prednisone because there's so many side effects with pred, but, and you guys know, you guys have dealt with those side effects. Um, but it's, you know, letting owners know that. Yeah. And me personally, like I have pred to have on hand, um, for when I have a flare up, like I, and like, I have a specific course that I'm supposed to take when I have a flare up, but like my doctor was great. Cause he was like, if your flare up doesn't last longer than like two days, then you can go ahead and just stop it. Cause like, I hate the systemic side effects of pred. Like I hate it. Like I get grumpy. I can't sleep. I'm hungry, super thirsty. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard that from many people who like take pred themselves that luckily I'm able to I'm yeah, I'm able to take it for like a day or two. And then I'm like, all right, peace. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, I'm out. If I can just get back down to my like tolerable pain level, I'm like, okay, we're good. Oh, <laughs> no, I had to start it up again a couple weeks ago. Cause I was out struggling. Bad. Girl. If I could just get my life together and like stop causing <laughs> inflammation in my body, it'd be great. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, other treatment options include oral cyclosporin, uh, as we talk about in many, many different episodes. Um, It's used to help control DLE, uh, but obviously has some side effects of an upset stomach and stuff like that. Uh, It's not typically like because of the cost and some of the side effects of cyclosporin, like if, if you're battling a more like mild case of DLE, it's not typically a go-to, but again, if you have that like severely ulcerated nose that just needs more help. Um, yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but like here in the Bay area, because, because we have like the, especially spring, like the pollen count gets insane. We usually will see all of our autoimmune patients, like we'll have like flares this time of the year. Cause they've got some underlying allergy to environmental stuff. So it's like their immune system's just like, bah, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. And so sometimes you only need to do it during the times when they're set off by things. So. Yeah, I agree. And then I learned about tacrolimus. Um, I didn't know it was an immune modulator for humans. Um, I guess I really? just think about so you it. You just like didn't I- put it together. Yeah, I just didn't like. I was like dry eye, like, <laughs> like. Uh, is it tacrolimus also? It's used for um, perianal fistulas. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't put it together because I haven't seen a perianal fistula in so long. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> I hate those cases. I would say those knock on wood. I know, right? I'm like, I'm not in practice. So, (laughs) um, but anyway, so tacrolimus actually works really well to help, uh, DLE because like if the pet licks it off, it's not, it doesn't typically cause a problem. Um, and only a small amount is needed. And so typically it lasts a while. Uh, but obviously the person who's applying it should wear gloves just to avoid exposure to anything topical. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so client communication for this though, is a lot of times these pets, because it's an autoimmune issue, they're going to require long-term medications. Again, just because improvement is noted does not mean that we no longer need medications. <laughs> Jordan, um, <laughs> I'm my own worst client. <laughs> you a hundred percent are. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go into my doctors and tell them like, I am not a very compliant person. Just so you're aware. I want to be. I do. I just am not. You struggle with being compliant is what you're saying. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Every time I get like a new like game plan or something, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stick with this. And then I'm like, yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> I just, I don't know. <sighs> I hear I'm you that. For sure. <laughs> um, cautions for this obviously is going to be make sure that our pets are careful in the sun. Get them to wear a sombrero if they can. <laughs> Oh my God, it'd be so funny. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> just picture this dog running around with like a hat on. Yeah, right. And like, ugh. just their ears sticking out. Like, oh, Ooh, but cute. should their ears stick out? Their oh. ears should not stick out, but I'm thinking. So like, maybe it has like a little ear thing, like, so their ears can go in it. Like and their ears, ears are covered. Yeah, like a shield for their ears. <laughs> I like how we're both making. Motion. I know, like you guys can totally see us doing this right now. We're like raising our hands by our ears, a little cup of cup for the ears. So anyway, <laughs> I think the other thing too is like cautions. Um, is just be careful with the nose too, because if it's if it's flared up, um, it's gonna bleed very easily. Like we've had a couple of them where they like run into like the cage door or they're, you know, they're like trying to bury their food because they don't want it. And then they do have some bleeding. So like just warning clients that that may happen. Um, and then, you know, as soon as we can get that flare up under control, it usually does better. So, um, and I would say the other caution too, is like, especially when we're talking about the, the sun reaction is, um, tell clients to check out like the ASPCA and, um, FDA, I think it's FDA, right? Yeah. FDA recommendations for, um, sun protection for animals. That's not going to be toxic. Um, so just make sure that they understand if they're going to be using sunscreen, like which ones are going to be appropriate and where to find that, um, information because, you know, we don't want them googling on some crazy website <laughs> and they're like why is my dog seizuring oh it's got who knows what in it um so just you know let clients know that part yeah i just realized i don't know if you can tell but i haven't had coffee yet today i can't tell actually i know i, I finished like, mine while we were recording yeah because for me, it's early. So I had to have my coffee. That's true. I, I think I just like, for some reason I, I was in a mood and I got up and I started like working out in the yard. Like I let the dogs out, went out and fed the goats, <laughs> let the chickens out. And then like, I went back out and started working in the goat pen. Oh my God. Let's get this done. Nice. <laughs> you were anyway. out in the sun. Did you wear sunscreen? It was cloudy. Oh, that doesn't. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no i did not i was wearing pants 
I mean, and that's an improvement, I guess. So they're shorts. And I had my boots on. I had little rain boots. Do you, do you have the hat on? No. Or sunglasses. Or sunglasses. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> it's the tip of the week. Tip of the week is to look up all the different types of lupus because apparently there's a different type um, right. <laughs> of skin lupus that I was unaware of aside from discoid lupus. Uh, I will probably do the tip of the week just because I was unaware. Right. <laughs> we should do an episode on systemic lupus for sure. Yeah, I think it will. Yeah, I think there's just there's a bunch of autoimmune things that we can we can definitely talk on. So yeah. And now for the question of the week. Who's going to ACVIM? Ooh, I like that one. Who's going to ACVIM? Who's going to see Jordan lecture? Who's going to see me lecture? Who's going to the membership meeting and all that fun stuff? Yeah. Let us know. Hit us up. Yeah, because that is, let's see, when this goes live, it'll be like a week when this goes live no two weeks two weeks (laughs) i keep forgetting that this year acvm forums like a week later than normal Mm -hmm. because it of all the covidness yeah um so yeah because i think it starts what the 21st 22nd something like that of june this year i think it's somewhere Uh, in there tuesday or wednesday plus it testing testing is on the 21st and then so the forum itself starts on the 22nd got it yeah uh, well everybody who is testing for the 21st i'm sure you're not listening to this episode because you're probably cramming and studying well hopefully you're studying and not cramming yeah. <laughs> um so yeah good keep going you've got this just keep learning and um yeah, we, um, if you're going to ACBM, we'll see you. We'll be around. Yeah, come find us. <laughs> we'll have some good uh, IMFVT swag. Yeah, we'll be at all the um, academy stuff. So, you know, aca- the Academy for Internal Medicine for Vet Techs, because Jordan and I are both board members, we're, we're going to be at all the things. So um, that's definitely a place to find us. We're obviously lecturing, so you can always find us at our lecture. What are you talking about again this year? Cholecystitis. Nice. Nice. And I'm talking about DKA. So two two definite internal medicine things this year. Yay. All right, guys. Well, if you have any questions, need anything, let us know. Otherwise, we hope you learned something about discoid lupus. because we did. So it's the fun part of working internal medicine. You always get to learn about new things, no matter how long you've been doing it. Yeah. The chickens agree. The chickens agree. They're like, get us out of the box. <laughs> it's so cute. Cause every once in a while in this episode, you can kind of hear them in the background. So you guys all get to hear a little, little baby chirp, chirp, chirp. Yeah, they're going out. Oh, they totally like did that on cue. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh, it's our turn. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, yeah, keep getting your alert on, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.
you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.